0: Welcome to the Catfish and Crappie Podcast. My name is Mark and tonight I'm honored to have my friend and catfishing legend, the mayor, the godfather, all those good things of catfishing, Mr. (laughs) Lyle Stokes. What's up, buddy? Oh, not too much, man. How you doing? I'm doing fantastic. I need to remind everybody out there in podcast land that I do uh, a co-host. I help Lyle out on his great idea of a show called Padfish Nation over on YouTube. You want to make sure you check that out. He also uploads those to uh, all the major podcast platforms, so make sure you download those too. I know a lot of people listen to him on the road. Um, he's definitely uh, a force to be reckoned with in catfishing, and one of the people that kind of started – the whole thing, online talk shows and he's a tournament guy and, and so on. Hey, there's Jace Catfish. What's going on, Jace? How you doing? Um, So uh, that's who we're talking with. Tonight. There's the weekend angler. He's showing some lady eye, eyes in the chat. Oh, I those? know. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and if you listening to this as a podcast, we give each other some business. If you're wondering where these inside jokes come from, you can always come check out the chats here on YouTube on everybody's channel. So uh, it's always a good time. We give each other a lot of business. And, I oh, here's one more person just came in. There's Adventures with Robin C. She's a crew member. I got to make sure I uh, shout her out. Uh, she picked up her boat last week. Hopefully she's making some progress in getting that in the water and wetting some lines off of it. So, cool beans. I didn't know well, she got a boat. Lyle, once I start talking, I can't stop, buddy. I apologize. I understand. Uh, I get on a roll.
1: I understand. That's what happens.
0: Oh, Lord, you know what, Lyle? I am going to, I'm definitely, <laughs> where, where is that? I got to find that over here on the YouTube side. And I'm going to pin that one to the top. There we go. <laughs> oh, my. Bingo. We'll put that on there. All right, good. So, Lyle, how's your weekend been, bud? It was pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. Helped my daughter pick out another car. Um, uh, enjoyed
1: the warm weather. It's been the 70s the last couple three days, and uh, it's going to get a little cooler, but that's okay. It's still just March.
0: It was. It got up to like 40 degrees here, and I was grateful for that. <laughs> I actually, I actually did get out to my crappie spot for like 20 minutes. I usually know in 20 minutes or not if if those ice out crappies are in and and they would normally be in by now, Lyle. We just haven't gotten that easterly wind that we need to blow that bait into where I have access to that spot. So,
1: I see. Uh, no, Josh, she did not buy a Yoder.
0: Uh, what happened?
1: He asked me if, if Heather got a Toyota. Oh. Uh, you have to understand my whole life, I was in the automotive industry and I know what breaks downs and what's not And, uh, GMs and Toyotas kept me in business for a lot of years. Uh, Ford's Chrysler's not so much.
0: <laughs> thank you for taking my feel thank you for taking my feelings into consideration before <laughs> making that statement Lyle, because I know how you really feel about Chrysler.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, they're not my pick, but it's facts are facts. I mean this
0: is true. There is there's 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 Tal Betty, crew member. Betty Jeans, wonderful. Thank you for listening. She's out driving. Uh, stay safe, Betty. You know you got precious cargo in that Toyota of yours. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, um, I, I, I spent the weekend. Now, I'm going to try my, my hand at a segue here. So I spent the weekend uh, working on my LiveScope. I know you're not the biggest fan in the world.
1: It's not that I'm not a fan of them, but once people get them, they never shut up about them.
0: I know. Well, I'm not. I'm, I'll shut up after I get it installed because I hate installing anything on this boat. I'm, I'm out of space, Lyle. I'm, I'm like trying to find, fill, you know, 10 pounds of, of poop in a five pound bag, you know? I understand. Yeah. Running low on space. So it's getting kind of difficult, kind of tricky, but I think I got figure it figured out. And you know what I hate worse about boat? The worst thing about boat projects is the multiple trips to the hardware store for stainless steel hardware.
1: Yeah, and you can't just buy a selection of that Mm-mm. because nobody offers it. And if they did, it'd be just like everything else I ever bought a conglomeration for. You'd have the right thing once or twice, and everything else wasn't in the thing, and you'd still be going back and forth to the yeah. hardware store. It's just, yeah. you know,
0: I'm fortunate enough that the ace hardware here has a, a a pretty extensive hardware selection and they do have a section in there of of stainless but i like today I went there and I paid uh forty cents for like a a, a half inch uh sheet metal screw that for per and I needed eight of them so
1: yeah yeah it's, and and when I go after stuff like that, I try to find places i gotta watch how go um <laughs> that have the little box fulls of stuff. Uh-huh. And instead of buying what I need, I always buy the box full and then I have spares the next time because there's going to be a next time. If you want a boat, you're
0: going to work on you're it. You're going to need them. You know, yeah. and and I and right. I'm slowly accumulating that collection of stainless steel hardware. I just didn't have the ones I needed because they're a little bit on a small side. To what I spent the weekend doing was po posting a or putting up a Paint, cutting and painting out like a wood backboard where I could mount everything underneath my console, just rather than right. having to mount it directly to the to the uh, uh, to the aluminum.
1: Yep, that's that. You know, make it as neat as you possibly can. And uh, boats, especially my boat, gets more stuff in it than it should have. But mm-hmm. if I'm out on the water, I I want everything I'm ever possibly going to need while I'm out there, and I've got lots of storage and I fill it up.
0: Well, that's the next boat of mine. Definitely. That's one of the things. And Josh here with a tip. He says, Mark, do you have a Menards nearby? I do. Uh, They always have a good selection of stainless steel. Their prices are usually better uh, than our Ace Hardware. I agree. Also, Josh, another place that has good uh, prices on stainless steel hardware. If anybody has a farm and fleet buy it, they got good prices. You you end up having to buy a bag of stuff. So you spend a little more money, but you have spares. so there it is. They're just, you know, I'm, I'm in the middle of a project. I'd rather go, you know, four blocks than than four miles any day of the week. So they kind of had me there. So, um, But, you know, with the live scope and stuff happening, I wanted, I wanted to go over some news stories. I wanted to read some news stories with Lyle here today. Hold on. Let me find this one. And uh, let's see what Lyle thinks about this. Let me share this one. The first one that caught my attention that I saw <clears throat> Watch two old-school crappie fishermen win a pro tournament with cane poles and no electronics, Lyle. Is that grumpy old men, too? I don't know, but it doesn't look like they got one of the big old fancy Glitter Rocket crappie boats. No, picture, it does, does it? not. Absolutely not. There's a video that's attached with this. These guys, look at that. That's a pretty nice-sized bag. I'd it, say those, those are all, you know, up near – you know, pound and a half, two pounds, crappie right there. That's great fish. And they won $10,000 just using cane poles. Man, isn't that awesome? Well, you know, they go on to talk about how no batteries required, so they're saying they don't need uh, um, uh, electronics and stuff, uh, that they do a lot of their fishing just for the fun of it. So it's exciting to see something like this happen, wouldn't you say? I, I do
1: find it very interesting. There was a couple of young guys that went out, against some really good fishermen a few years ago in North Missouri or may have been in Illinois or in the edge of Iowa. I don't remember now. They went out with an old John boat or dinky old motor, no electronics and beat a bunch of top notch fishermen in a tournament, a night tournament. Uh huh. And, um, I was impressed with that. In fact, I contacted them, tried to get them on catfish weekly uh several years ago when this happened and they didn't even have the the uh, stuff to do that with to go by with at home. So, uh we never did make that happen, but uh when you can do that and compete with with the with the top-notch guys without that stuff, you're doing something. I mean, because these guys put a ton of money ton of effort and energy into doing what they do. And if you can go out there just by knowledge of knowing your water and and where the fish are going to be, you've done something right.
0: You know, I, I say this all the time. I, I'm a big advocate of what I like to call textbook tactics when it comes to fishing that includes, you know, points, drop-offs, channel edges, humps, weed lines, and so on, you know, um, And a lot of times, if you stick with that stuff, it's going to pay off. So not always, but it will. Right. You can find that fish. If you talk to somebody, even like a, a, let's say you're talking to Dieter Melhorn, your buddy, right? Yeah. Dieter definitely, when he does his drifting videos, he's drifting over a couple of humps, and that's when he's getting on that fish. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Textbook spots. Position yourself in the right spots. If you're going to fish a tournament, fish in these local ones, or if there's a national one that comes to your uh, uh, neck of the woods that you can get in on, and you know your waters, you know those spots, you know where the fish hang out certain times of the year, go after it. Go get you that 10. They won $10,000, and it looks like Josh just got his 10K subs. Congratulations, Josh. Oh, I'm so happy for him.
1: Size Matters Catfishing has joined us.
0: Good dude, right there. What's going on, Size Matters? How you doing? <clears throat> but uh, yeah, there was also a story about a couple of ladies who were uh, bank fishing with cane poles, and they won a catfish tournament. There was a local catfish tournament by them, and I think they won like twenty five hundred bucks. Again, you that's know. outstanding. It was just, they were just using worms and cane poles right off the bank. The, 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 the news story I read, they were sitting on a five gallon bucket. They weren't sitting in a millennium seat or an air ride suspension seat on a glitter rocket or, or a big old Hughes craft. They're just putting fish in the boat. So stories like that always get me going. Uh,
1: Yeah. You know, I would miss my, millennial seats if they come up
0: yeah
1: here. me too i have two in the back that somebody needs to own that are tractor seats we give 250 dollars a piece for them <clears throat> they have adjustable armrests and adjustable this and headrest, and all they lay back they almost lay flat you'd sleep in them very comfortable they're getting a little bleached from from laying on my back porch we put millennium seats in never look back
0: you know, I I I had the seats in my boat, the entry level lunch seats, and and you know, I, if I'm fishing, anybody who sees my live streams, my live streams last for about four hours, and then I'll end up either going on Kenneth or cat or hog uh, uh, leg show, um and um and, and fish for hours more on there, and and I ain't gonna lie, my back would hurt pretty bad afterwards. These millennial seats, being an older guy, let me tell you, for the money you can't beat them, and. And I caught them on a, 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 not on sale, but somebody over, I think it was Palmetto State Armory. I did a simple Google search and I found them there for 70 bucks a piece. Wow,
1: that's a bargain.
0: So I bought one. And they delivered it. I'm like, man, this thing's nice. So I go to order a second one, and they caught that mistake. So I end up spending like the $120-some-odd for the second one, and, and I'm still not upset about having to spend the money on it.
1: Yeah, I've, I, the, only, the only thing, uh, I have threatened to put another one in the front of my boat because a lot of times when we're out, I'll tie rigs or cut bait and stuff up in the front away from uh, what we're doing in the back, if, especially if we're on the river. We're, you know, we've got a lot of things going on, but it they are just wide enough that it makes it hard to get the doors open on the stuff in the front of the boat, and um, you have to move them, so uh, I'm not sure what I'm going to do up there, because the original seat that went up there's went bad, but I'm going to do something, uh, but yeah, the millennia, the, they're comfortable and them straps you are them, You can lay them back or pull back, them over, yeah, back and forward.
0: They even have now. I th- even think they have like a metal, uh, uh, like adjustment strap that you can put on them where all you do is unlock it, lock it yep. back. You know, like those old time uh, um, mm-hmm. uh, lawn chairs. So uh, if anybody's looking for that too, that you definitely can do that. And you know, a lot of people and I know you don't. You're not a big kayak fisherman, mm-hmm. but they resemble uh, those suspension seats that you see in kayaks. Mm-hmm. And the kayak guys they sit in them things all day and they're pretty comfortable.
1: We, we <laughs> Another can't. one advantage to them that i found other than the things we've already talked about is if it rains or dew gets on them, you can whack them with the back of your hand, all that stuff falls out. If you wipe them dry with a towel or something, and Cindy's always got towels in the truck, um, you don't get swamp butt. You don't. There's that Alumacraft that we had, you didn't get it with them. You wipe them seats out, the water... Water never got into the foam on them, but it and these millennial seats is the only two things that I've ever had, ever, that that was the way it was. All the other boats knew or used. It didn't make no difference. Water got in the foam, and you sat in them, and your butt was wet all day, and that is miserable on a cold, nasty day. It just
0: it is. is. Even on a hot day, it's kind of miserable. It'll dry after a while, but you still get a bad case of swamp butt. So.
1: That's right, and That's yeah. pretty uncomfortable. <laughs> it really is.
0: Let's see what else I found here on the Internet. Oh, this was another story that I wanted to bring to everybody's attention. Uh, a Satilla, satilla, I'm sorry, it's a river out in uh, Georgia, uh, River Crow Blackcro- well, Satilla River Black Copy Record broken after changing fishing plans. We all know that guy, that Richard Gene, the fishing machine, he says go fishing when you can. Well, here's an example of go fishing where you can. The, these gentlemen had plans to go fishing on the Altima River. They weren't able to make it out there. The Altima River is a great place to fish, I hear Lyle. I understand that it is. That's on that's on what that's on my bucket list, definitely. But this guy landed this big old slab crappie. Let me see. I forget what the weight was here, uh, but it's a lake record. The fish measured fourteen and a quarter inches. Uh, it's a pound. Well, like a pound and some. A one pound fourteen point zero eight ounces, which is a decent sized fish, almost a two pounder. But it just goes to show that you know you you you're not going to come across opportunities, or you're not going to get that lucky uh, if you don't get out there and fish no matter That's what right.
1: you have to do. That's exactly right. Now, <clears throat> here in my area, Mark, people have been catching the dog out of crappie, and we're probably, uh, this is my estimate, uh sure James Dockery will correct me, but I'm guessing we're three to four weeks before our crappie go to spawn. But it may be a little bit sooner than that, but I don't think it's going to be a whole lot more. But right now, they're catching great, big
0: crappie. I've seen some photos from your neck of the woods, uh, definitely from people like Kim Burnett and such, mm-hmm. and even Eric Massey. They've been getting on some of them. Eric Massey's a little further north. Um, and also, Betty did bring to my attention this week that there was a map going around on Facebook that shows the um, – country uh with color bands by when the spawn generally starts
1: i I posted that on on panfish nation
0: all right so go on over to panfish nation on facebook and take a look at that and if it's the same one i'm thinking of it's it's pretty spot on as far as i'm concerned it's not too far off not too far off at all it's always give or take a week or so you know yeah yeah.
1: and water temperatures get your weather dictate water temperature
0: yeah, our our spawn is like full blown when the morels start popping. That's how I know. Yeah. I got a couple of friends who are avid morel hunters and uh um when when she's met when the one lady that I know uh is on them, uh she'll message me and say they're on fire and, and that's when I get out there and, and get on those uh uh um, them spawning crappie you know Uh, right now i'm still looking for like i say the ice out bite i'm just waiting for the wind to change in the right direction and they should be on it it should happen here in the next couple of weeks i've been out like what four times now i just check them just in case because when it happens you get about three days of good fishing in this one bank spot Um, i'm not going out there in my boat this is just a, a bank spot that i've been fishing forever and it's close to the house so i i try to take advantage of the situation so i keep my eyes on the weather definitely keep my eyes on uh you know other things going on like the morel hunting when it comes to spawn and so on so yep so cool so yeah folks get out there and start doing some fishing um and 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 if you have to make a change of plans don't be afraid to do so you never know what could happen so That's right actually my personal best uh Flathead I've told this story or I haven't told it in a while. Um, my personal best flathead of fifty eight pounds. Um I had no plans of going fishing that night, Lyle. Not not one bit. I was bored, I couldn't sleep, like you guys all know I have a hard time sleeping. Um decided to hook up the boat, went fish, and boom, there was the biggest fish the biggest fish of my life right there. So And that was before you was doing live stuff. That, that was before. I do have a video on the, on the channel uh, of, of that fish. So and it's a great video. Yeah, it, it, it was a pretty good video. I definitely need to make some more content like that. So all the stars aligned. Uh, it was kind of funny, a little backstory to that. Prior to that, I had been trying to film YouTube fish videos. And I was getting video and stuff, but none of it was to the you know i have analysis paralysis was to the quality i wanted to put out there so i ended up not putting a lot of it out there and then this one the stars just all lined and i got the fish i got the footage i ended up putting that video out there i remember that actually got me a guest position on catfish weekly and, and i think still you know after my relationship with you after catching that fish put me on panfish nation with you so uh uh it doesn't take much to uh um uh, to make things happen. But if you don't get out there and, and do it, it ain't ever going to happen,
1: right? That's it. You, you can't catch them sitting on the couch or on the toilet or anything like that. You got to get out either on the bank or in a boat and just go. And if not, don't get discouraged if you have a couple of bad days. That's the big thing. They'll be yeah.
0: there. That's a and, and that's a great segment to the next story that I came up with and it might be something that you know about but we're gonna read Betty's over Betty's comment from a couple of crosses fishing she said she's gonna send Brandon after morel, and she'll catch the crappie and we'll meet for supper right. there there isn't a better surf and turf if I could say so myself Lyle. right there that's pretty good yeah right there pretty so let good. me see if, let me see uh. Uh, what this story is. All right, Lyle, now you might know something about fishing in Alton, right? I have been there numerous times. Alton, Illinois. Here's a story about um, the Twisted Cats Tournament, which you might know something about, right? I do, I started it. Lyle Stokes did start the Twisted Cats Tournament, and uh, I guess they kicked off their season this year in Alton, Illinois, and, and there was just a big struggle for getting some fish. The guy who won here is... Mm-hmm. Saturday. It was last Saturday in Alton, the Twisted Cat Outdoors Fishing Series. Fishing conditions described by alls were very tough. Dominated, uh, the very tough conditions dominated the season openers. Uh, High water and swift currents combined with sediment from the previous day's heavy rains. That sounds like pretty tough conditions to me. It does. There was a total of 68 teams out there, and I think the best fish uh, was 60-something pounds. I think it says right here, uh... Sixty five point nine five pounds and the next one wasn't even close to that. So
1: yeah, that's a good fish.
0: But someone still has to win. So there's there's you know another story about proven uh look at this Brian Be Cooking. Do we know him? I don't know. I think Brian's starting a macaroni and cheese channel. He should. It looks I amazing. <laughs> I think he should definitely too. And I hear Brian got his boat ready to go. So look forward to seeing him take advantage. I always look forward to see Brian. He's, he's one of the premier guys from the East. Definitely uh, does a lot of good stuff. So yeah, the story went on to explain how tough the fishing conditions were. Um, it's got a bunch of pictures and stuff so it was a cool story but it got me to think definitely, you know and since it was a twisted cat tournament which you did start um, got me to think uh, how it would tie in with uh, um, uh, the other story about that guy who just took advantage of the situation and did well these guys are taking advantage of a situation uh, in big money boats spending big money to get out there and they struggle just like any of us do on the yeah. bank in that our happens. little john boats on our kayaks and so on so That's don't right. be discouraged folks which just kind of the theme here that i came across looking for these news stories to talk about so
1: yeah that's that's a that's a great area to fish but it's like any place else they're not always on fire there but when they are when there's they a are, certain time of year for
0: alton if i'm not mistaken
1: right i have been down there with a with another guy and he actually wanted to take a guy out fishing and we've caught over a hundred fish that day uh, the biggest one was 65 or 70 pounds. It wasn't a giant, but we probably caught 50, 30 pounds to 45 pounds. Um, just, you couldn't. I sat down, and just looked at the other two. I got so tired of real fishing, I just quit fishing.
0: Uh, uh, you know, I, it's five to 10 pound channel cats at, at that many will wear you out too.
1: They will, but that was, it, it was several years ago when I was a little bit younger. And, um, it was probably about 10 years after bumping caught on. And we was teaching this guy to bump. Him. And he could not understand why he could not use his old ugly stick. Well, it just don't have enough ass in it. That's what I told him. and He got mad. And he picked up one of the ones that we had. And he's oh, my God, this will never reel a fish in. It's too light. I said, but at the end of the day, it will hold up, and you will not be nearly as wore out as you was. And he caught a 50-some, which was like 20 pounds bigger than the biggest fish he ever And we was all taking pictures. He was a big old strong guy. He had that fish over his head. He was dancing in the boat. One of the most rewarding trips I was ever on in my life. But he had such a good time. We tried and tried. To ca- he wanted to catch a bunch of fish. And Tony told him, you can't keep none unless they're 10 pounds are smaller and about an hour before we went home we caught three or four that was under 10 pounds other than that they was none that size they was all bigger fish
0: well when you're bumping now i have zero experience bumping but i do have experience with your rod with your rods sorry josh is so <laughs> going to cut that out of there oh my god i'm in trouble um and uh you, you need a lightweight rod but you need to be able to you know you need to be able to set the hook on that fish that's right? right that's right and, and, and if that's you're right, not able to do that, that with, a, with like a soft ugly stick rod or something it's just got too much give
1: yeah they just have too much give and you you got um uh of course this guy never done it before so we probably had six or eight ounces of weight on his rod and uh, so he could feel the bottom because it's very important when you start out you can reduce your weight once you figure out what you're doing but you've got to be able to feel that bottom when that sinker hits. If you don't, you're, you're just you don't know where the your bait's at. You have to feel that bottom. So you just keep adding weight until you can feel it consistently, and then once you get better at it, you start removing weight because you won't need so much to be able to tell when it hits. And and then you'll be able to say, oh, there's some rock, there's rock pile there's there's a, a log there. I felt it because it's is a soft hit, but it, it was a hard hit. Uh, and you'll learn all that stuff as you do it. But this guy, he got so exciting. There's no question in my mind, he's still hooked on bumping today. And he probably caught a lot bigger fish than that one was. By
0: that one. <laughs> well, you know... The- you're absolutely right on being able to feel the bottom, and, and after a while, you absolutely will learn the difference between, let's say, a mud bottom, a rock bottom, hard packed, and, and, and if you're on weeds yeah. or something like that, you'll, you'll learn the difference. You know, Obviously, you want to use like a braid for situations like that, which is another reason why I use braid. If you look Sorry. at me fishing, every time I cast, I'll always lift the rod out of the water, not just to align the bait, because I use Carolina rigs mainly, but I want to feel what that bait's hitting or what that, that lead is hitting on the bottom. That's right. And a lot of times if I'm fishing transitions, if I'm fishing, you know, from rock to, to sand or rock to, to a muddy thing, which is usually, a, you know, another textbook tactic of mine, that's pretty productive, uh, so to say. You you want to know if you got four rods out there where that line is and you can get right on there and, and do pretty good. So start okay. using that. It's that, all, you know, it's learning curve stuff. You'll 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 get the hang of it the, the more you get out there first. So,
1: you know, um, People, Doc Lang, for, for an example, uh, always on me because I don't like monofilament. I never did like stretch in line. I've never seen any advantage to it. And, and the reason I've told this a number of times, if you let the action of your rod and the drag on your reel do what they're made to do, there's no reason to ever have stretch in line. But monofilament's a lot more forgiving for people that don't bump are not looking for the sensitivity you get with braid, and they can use it and get along with it. And let's face it, it's a whole lot cheaper.
0: It is, definitely. And
1: right now, there's some of the best monofilament line on the market that I have ever seen. Uh, And some of it has lots of stretch, some of it not as much. Yeah, everybody ought to have one of these they very reasonably priced, and if you're where we're at, you don't have to pay shipping.
0: Not always where we're at. <laughs> Doc, if you guys are listening to this on the audio, Doc Reed is a made a comedy. He's looking for one of my hats. Uh, Doc, if you uh, go to my website, Catfish and Crop, or if you go to the Bob page on this page, you can email me through that, and I can give you the details. So, but there's
1: advantages and disadvantages to all kinds of line. Um, as far as equipment goes, I, I know this is not the subject we was on, but while I think about it, if I don't, I'm not going to forget it. Buy the best that you can afford. If an ugly stick, man, i got a nap gun there. If you, if an ugly stick is the best fishing rod that you can afford, then that's what you buy. Yep. If, if you want a good quality rod, buy one from one of the guys that specializes in catfish rods or crappie rods or whatever it is. If you want the very best you buy a custom rod from a long-time builder who's been in the business for for many years. There's a lot of quality guys out there and people get mad at me cuz I tell them how long it's going to be when they get one and if they want to order them and I don't care if they order them or not. I don't I really don't. I I'm happy to build them for people, but I always can recommend someone that will do a great job and the people that I know they're not charging eight, nine hundred, a thousand dollars for them. Like a lot of these guys get out of them, uh, and use the same stuff and it get the same quality,
0: but people will pay them. They do. Uh, I just recently had somebody contact me asking me uh, uh, how to get in touch with you uh, for Rod. And, and I know he contacted you and he came back to me afterwards because you're, you, I know your dance card's pretty much full. Uh, but don't let that stop you from trying to contact him. You never know when you're going to get in touch That's with That's right. So, uh, I'd recommended him someone and then he came back with me saying the guy wanted 800 bucks for Rod. The guy I recommended him to does build really, really nice rods, mm-hmm. but. It was, it was quite a bit of uh, quite a bit of money. Not everybody's yeah. going to spend that money. So now, I'm, I I would never I can't
1: have a clear conscience and tell somebody it's going to cost them that that much. I could probably get it out of some of them, but I've done so many over the years, and I go to sleep at night and I don't. Yeah. I'll have a problem close my eyes and go to sleep.
0: You know, I think a lot of it has to do now now, uh, a lot of people make rods a lot fancier than than then actually you need to. You can get a really, 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 really good custom rod without all the 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 snakeskin on there or, yeah. or the custom graphics, you know, that they I got airbrushed on there. And that all takes time and it takes hours That's to right. do. So basically you're paying for the hours of labor that these gentlemen, these craftsmen, are putting into these rods. So, you know, be prepared. The nicer the look in the rod is the more you're going to pay for it. The more time it takes to build that rod, the more you're going to pay for it. If someone's spending 20 hours on a rod and he's only charging you know the the 800 bucks, he isn't really charging you all that much for someone who's an artist if you come to think of it at an hourly rate. So.
1: And I used to do a lot of weaving where I'd weave people's names and different things and Mm -hmm. designs, but it just got to the point where my eyes wasn't good enough to do it, and I didn't like doing it. But you know, if you had to do, I'd take the time to make them, but I just quit doing it all. I do still do a lot of marbling. It uh, turns out to the where they look pretty nice and, and it's a lot faster for me. Uh, mm. there was a thing in here. says, what is an $800 rod made out? Most of them are made out of high quality graphite and they may say it's something else, which a lot of these China made companies say, well, they'll, they'll put anything on that decal that the guy ordering it wants on there, whether it's true or not. But, You have fiberglass, e-glass, graphite. There is a few S-glass rods, but they're not lightweight. S-glass s compound is really, really heavy, and it's mainly made for salt water. It has got better in the last few years, but people tell you they got S-glass rods. You can just write them off because unless it weighs a bunch, it's not S-glass. I don't care what they tell you.
0: It looks like we've got a new viewer in chat here. I want to welcome the, the Wickershire Project Off Grid. They say, uh, deep down in western Tennessee, I'm dying to go fishing here. Been over one and a half years. We'll get out there and fish, man. That's all I That's can right. say.
1: That's right.
0: All right. I'm looking at some lot of there is a.
1: Are there rods that are solid all the way through? Yes, there is. Uh, but the tubular ones, uh, the, the quality of those are better. They just are. Now, the solid... The solid glass rods, that's what 90% of the snaggers use for catching spoonbill.
0: Yep. And Ryan over at Sun Hooks and Crossing and he says, I don't care uh, what it looks. I want to feel the um, – want to. Right. It- I wanted to feel different when I'm fighting the fish. Absolutely, that's exactly right. It's yeah. all about you know set, feeling bites, uh, the sensitivity. It, it has a lot to do with uh, how it, it you can manhandle that fish or not manhandle it without losing it. It all depends on what you're you're, you're targeting too. And on, on that note, I did come across. Uh, a place out of Tennessee, a newspaper out of Tennessee. It's uh, uh, ABC fifteen in Air Arms, not sorry, not Tennessee, Arizona, forgive me. Uh, they were talking about the best fishing rods in twenty twenty-three. Five options. To successfully bait and catch, and I just kind of wanted to bring this list up here, see what you thought of it as well. A couple of these I never heard of, Lyle. Maybe you have. It's it it at their number one position for the best spinning rod. It said the St. Croix Premier Series spinning rod, which is a hell of a rod. Is it worth the two hundred dollars? You think, Lyle? Absolutely. it that's it, a that's a pretty darn good rod.
1: It's I'm, the best know. production rod on the market today.
0: I agree too. But remember they. They are all uh, um, the graphite rods. You nick them or you hit them the wrong way. You look at them funny and you you might break them, but they won't break when you're fighting a fish. No, that's the no, thing. they won't. As long as there's a nick. And the best fishing rod for uh, for casting is a St. Croix Premium Series casting rod, the same series. I think that's a new series that St. Croix came out with. Yeah, it I'm is. not quite sure. I, and I I've, used, well, I've
1: used their blanks before. They're outstanding, but I have – a blank company build them for me now that I like better. But mm-hmm. Saint Croix has got a great name. They've got a great reputation. They stand behind their product, and if they say that it is, it'll do this or that. It'll do this or that. I
0: I don't disagree with that one bit. Not at all. Mm-mm. Um, in number three position, they got the best ultralight fishing rod. This one piqued my attention. I've never even seen these Razzies. Uh Daiwa. Uh, Presso Ultralight. I'm gonna mm-hmm. have to check that out because I'm thinking about picking up one of them Daiwa Fuegos. After talking to Dave Gantz uh, on my show a couple of weeks ago, it really picked my interest in that. So I don't think there's a, I don't think uh, I can't, I can't think of a better reason than to match up a Daiwa uh, reel and, and a rod that I want to try out. So it'll be the best of both worlds. Have you ever heard of that rod, Ryle? I well, have, I'm-
1: and and compared to the panfish rod that St. Croix has, I would say that that Daiwa is probably the second best.
0: Let's let's face it, St. Croix's got it going on. I got one of them already, so I'm just looking to widen the stable a little bit, which is why I even consider it. They all have so. just a little different
1: action, a little different power rating. They're wrapped a little different. They look a little different, but that Daiwa rod is an outstanding ultralight for a production rod. It's great.
0: I'll have to check that out. I'll be. I'll keep an eye out for that rod. Uh, number four, it's the most durable fishing rod and reel, the Ugly Stick GX2. I kind of can't complain. I can't. I can't argue with that. How about No, you? I
1: can't either. As durability, they they are, uh, as far as production rod, they're probably the most durable there is. Probably more of them sold worldwide every year than anything else.
0: I agree. Uh, best of the
1: price in- and and they do last.
0: Best inshore fishing rod and reel is a Shimano uh, Tamar, Tamramar Southeast. Never heard of them, uh, but I'm not a big inshore guy. But I figured I would just mention that because it did make the list. So yeah, I'm
1: not I'm not familiar with that particular one, so I can't give an opinion on it. But uh, you can't go go wrong with a St. Croix. Um, like I say, the blank that I use to build stuff on compared to what they are, I've used their stuff and built on them for, for people and they're great. They they are great, but I like the one that I build on better. Uh, now that's not the James Dockery special blank that I use. The uh, What's he call them? Um, the dock proof? No, Krampus canes. Oh, Krampus yeah. canes. Yeah. They're not made out of this. That's not the blank I use for them, them rods. It's different, but, uh it's a really good uh e-glass rod or fiber uh damn it, graphite rod. Uh it really is, and
0: um I've never had a never
1: had a complaint
0: on one. And nine twenty-two crappie barbecue says a rod that catches fish is the best. I They're agree. always my favorite. <laughs> yeah, my favorite too. <laughs> and Don R says my favorite rods are St. Croix, except for my Uncle Lou's
1: yeah they're 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 great rods and and a good company to deal with um G Loomis rods are really good and he's got another company out now uh because he he builds them up and makes great rods and he sells the company and then he starts another one. He's done that three times but but Gary Loomis makes oh my god it's hard to explain the quality he puts into his blanks uh now he has his own line of stuff. They're not as popular as St. Coroy, but the quality is just as good. Uh, and Gary's another one. He's extremely honest. If you say, hey, Gary, build me a rod and this is what I want it to do, he'll say, I can do that or I can't, and this is the modifications or the different stuff you need to do. Uh, and that's kind of where I learned a lot of that stuff, because he, he'll tell you that he can or can't do something, and the rod will or will not do it. And he stands behind the stuff, and it's exactly the way he says it'll be.
0: But... No telling how many people he's got working for him, you know. Yeah, hopefully you don't catch him like on a Monday morning, right? Probably not be a good idea. It's the wrong person on a Monday <laughs> not a not a good idea. Cars or fishing gear, I guess. <laughs> Uh, Wickershire asks, do you encase your rods in solid tubes for travel? Uh, Thinking uh, if you spend the money, uh, it needs serious protection. It all depends on your vehicle. It depends on you as far as I'm concerned, how hard you are on your equipment. I'm pretty rough on my equipment. I would encase mine in a hard tube if I was traveling, let's say, on an airplane or something, most definitely because it's not going to be within my control.
1: I have two black tubes that are about... I'm going to say 10 or 12 inches around. They come from Bass Pro and I forgot what they call them, but they're adjustable up to eight foot down to seven or maybe six and a half. Um, I usually leave them set for seven and a half because with shipping the way it is, that's about what everybody wants now. Um, I have two of those and they're lockable um i've had them for years and years and years when i would go to shows and stuff and take my things i used to carry them down to the catfish conference in there when i was delivering rods and stuff and excuse me uh they work really well for that something uh people a lot of people use pcb mm-hmm. and that works as you can put caps on them and you can put uh deals to hold the caps on on that the pcb is very durable one thing you need to remember about PCV pipe, if you're hauling a bunch of them in there and they get to rub the side of that PCV PVC stuff, you need a plastic sleeve over them or a, the rod a, socks, box, right? some kind of sleeve over them
0: because they will damage your blank of your rod. Also, something that I've learned from experience is, uh, uh, especially with lighter spinning rods, is watch the eyes because you'll bend them, especially those first yeah. rods, you know, nearest the reel. Uh, they're a little bit on the longer side, and if you don't have the right kind of eyes that spring back, uh, you'll end up having to bend them back in place. And and pretty much it's kind of like a bus ticket. You only get to do that so many times before you got to buy another ticket, right, Lyle? That's exactly right. That's exactly
1: right. I see Steve Ransom said, what about pin rods? <clears throat> I haven't used any pin rods in the last several years. Back 15, 20 years ago, they was at the top of the list as far as rods also. Uh, but I haven't, like I say, I haven't used one in a lot of years. But at one time, it was really, really good.
0: Uh Wickershare had another question. It says, Are ugly sticks any good or is it just the name? We used to buy them for Bass Pro. Ugly Sticks are mass-produced rods that don't break for the most part. Are they they're pretty much like the um I would compare them to um uh, your entry, not your entry level but your your pickup truck you buy with all the bells and whistles they got crank windows on them you've got a manual transmission things like that they 'll get the job done, but you know it might get a little hot in there when on a hot day if you don't get the air conditioning um, right. Some of the rods that we brought up they're they 're high end stuff. Um, they're the Ferraris of fishing lines, and Ferraris require a lot of care. And when they break, they're going to cost you to replace oh. or to fix. So,
1: Here's something that a lot of people may or may not know. There is more than one quality of Ugly Sticks, and they do have a custom shop you can order rods from, and those rods are very good.
0: Here's Don says, my uh, last new St. Croix got two inches shorter when I went out the door for the first time.
1: Man, I hate it when that happens, but it's or, happened to me. I've got done with customer's rods and done that and had to start all over.
0: Oh, man, I lost a, a St. Croix that way. I dropped the, the rod locker door of my boat on it, it. I've never seen a rod snap so quick in my I life, know. the tip of it. It's like day. sticking
1: them up in the, in the fan. I've seen Bill
0: Hey, look, um, Missy, Jenny, Missy Kennedy decided to join us, Lyle. She says, Howdy, peeps. And there's my buddy, Lyle.
1: <laughs> she is wound
0: up, ain't she? And they, see, I'm, I'm kind of like Ryan here. He says, I'll grab 10 rods in one arm and chuck them in the back of the bed of my truck uh, and then forget they're there <laughs> and go through the car wash with them. <laughs> I'll be hanging in the car wash.
1: Oh, man, that's funny.
0: At least they get clean, Ryan. That's right. Oh, that was a question about the pen. Uh, so I think we talked a little bit about rods and some tournament stuff. Uh, let me give you your initial uh, opinion on this fish, Lyle. What do you think of that bad boy? That's a nice fish. That's a nice blue cat, ain't it? Yes, it is. All right, here's here's what's going to break your heart. South Carolina bow fisherman Ares Arrow arrows world record blue catfish.
1: Yeah, see, I see no reason for any state to
0: have uh, any
1: type of regulation on bow fishing catfish. No reason for that
0: whatsoever. This gentleman bowfished this 84-pound blue cat. Granted, okay. it's a world record for uh, uh, bow fishermen, but it, that's got real, really no place in in my sporting world of 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 fishing. Yeah, there Bobcat summed it up right there. I knew I'd break some hearts maybe get some yeah. people uh In my uh, opinion, people.
1: that's that's equivalent of fishing a pay lake. I
0: I I would tend to agree. It it makes me sick to my stomach so uh um uh granted as long as you're uh within the letter of the law, uh, it's your right to do so. Uh, the reason why I wanted to bring this to attention, I just wanted to kind of pick your brain and, and remind everybody in chat and, in and, in, um, uh, in chat and on the audio podcast, to please be responsible in your harvest. You know, if you're going to bow fish, go bow fish, you some carp. There's plenty of those to go around. Uh, you know, be like Tom Wells, be a real badass and go out there and, and, and hit some Asian carp as they're flying through the air. You know, sure. go have some yeah. fun that way. See, we got Uncle Lou and Bobcat. They're all, all, both of them seem to be sad. So uh, I, uh, even Chad, Chad's got tears and an angry emoji there. So yeah, I I
1: telling a, you. There's there's just no reason for that to be legal. Illinois, is, and I know that's your home state, and you live there and love it. I, 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 signed,
0: a, I signed a petition and, and sent my congresspeople letters and against them passing that. that law.
1: Didn't do any good. There's no reason to have bow fishing for. for. If you want to, the sport of bow fishing, get just some of them long nose gar. God knows there's plenty of them
0: suckers around, and they ain't
1: fit for nothing else other than bow fishing.
0: If if you got if you got to shoot a catfish to eat, you don't need to shoot a, an eighty something pounder. That's ridiculous. No, yeah, that's you exactly. know I I don't care how big of a glory fisherman or trophy fisherman you are. Um, You know, be responsible with what you're doing. I mean, your children, other people's children, their children's children's all depend on how we take care of everything. So I wanted to bring that to everybody's attention. And if you ever get a chance to voice your opinion on something like this, make sure you go ahead and do so. That's the only way that 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 things are changed. Not not as much as they used to be, but I like to hope that someday it'll go back to that. And the only way we're going to do that is by standing up in what we believe and standing up for for what we love. Love when it comes That's to right. the sport the first of fish.
1: thing you have to do is you have to remember if you're trying to get regulations passed in your state, go to your whoever makes them regulations, be extremely polite, courteous to them, and beg them to make whatever fish you're trying to get regulations on a sport fish because. Chances are really good if they're not a sport fish, you're not going to get anything.
0: Yeah, time and time again, you remind us definitely that, you know, we need to make these catfish that we we love so much a sport fish in our states, and that's right. the only way they're going to do it. I know that you would really like to see it happen at the federal level, but… Uh, I would, unfortunately there's there's all sorts of complications when that goes, so uh, I think you have a better chance of uh, uh, people of uh, um, enacting change doing it on the local level I mean yeah. here on on the Fox River, we have a slot limit for flatheads, which was put in place here not so long ago, and I tend to believe that it's made a difference um, We slot have like always make a difference. It, they they definitely do. I don't care what anybody says. We also have a, a season here on the Fox for our smallmouth bass population, and uh, um, you you can get onto some really 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 good smallmouth here too. Uh, for being in an area like it is, it's 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 a heck of a, a, a fishery. So and the only way that that happens is you know through common sense rules and, That's and right. such.
1: That's right. Don R asked a question in chat while well, go. I can't find it now. But He know what my personal best was. I can remember exactly on the channel cat. It's the one that's most important to me. 29.9. It's
0: not Get 29 me. pounds, but I like to show this off to remind Chad.
1: <laughs> I caught that at Mendota about 12 or 15 years ago. Something like that. This is quite a while back, but I'll never forget. It, it was a great fish and, uh, blues and flatheads, 86 and 87 respectively.
0: And that's a big fish
1: that 87 flathead well
0: you're, I mean, you're you're one of the few people I know that have a bigger flathead than you do a blue cat
1: and, and you know we was blue cat fishing that night uh, but I had a live bait and stuck it on throwed it up by the dam and yeah. yahtze that's all I gotta say yeah, that the line day. went slack and I went to reel it up and when I did oh,
0: baby. I always get excited, you know. During the day, a lot of times, I, I if if it's after ten o'clock, I'll switch over to to targeting channel cats. Not that there's anything wrong with channel cats. I've said this in a couple of live streams here lately. Channel cats matter. They're important to us. They're great fish. Go out and get you some. Um, and if I get a, a a flathead while I'm doing that by mistake, I'm still a happy man. So. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, you know, people really don't know that I ever fish for flatheads because I really don't talk about them that much because we'd spent so many years fishing tournaments, and you couldn't win tournaments in my area on flatheads. So blues it was. That was the big fish, and uh, but a lot of times people don't realize where there's blues, there's flatheads, and where there's structure, there's always going to be flatheads.
0: It's so, uh. I have I have an opinion. I don't know how right it is or whatever, okay. but um, you you can't win a tournament with flatheads because you're not going to get into the numbers like you can with blue cats. That's right. uh, Your 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 chances of catching a blue cat are a heck of a lot higher. Uh, a big blue cat are a lot higher than catching a, a comparable flathead. So right. guys just don't target them. The guys guys I know who target uh, uh of flatheads are are a different breed. And Ryan and Chattel will we'll confirm that when I say that it, you got to be a little bit, of, you got to be a little bit crazy. You, you got to have a lot of patience, either that or enjoy being frustrated. Um, <laughs> yeah. We're a different breed. We're really competitive. Nobody shares flathead spots. We don't yeah. even like to share bait spots for the most part. So. I don't, um I don't fish as nearly as much at night as I
1: used to. And it's not that you can't catch flatheads during the day because I've caught some great flatheads during, during the day. Uh, but I still contend that they like to get, um, they like to be out roaming around looking for stuff. And I know you catch them on, on cut bait all the time, and, and I don't, but a lot of people do. But they're searching for bluegill and creek chubs and whatever swimming around up next to the bank. People cast out in the middle of these rivers and stuff. And I'm thinking, well... You're doing it wrong, but I, you can't tell somebody what they're doing because you want to catch that fish and they're feeding next to or off the bank. Somewhere.
0: So, right, now, right now, you know, Dave, uh, Dave, all around Dave Arnold, I, mm-hmm. I got to see him at CatCon. Cat he, he's a heck of a flathead fisherman out of uh, uh, Indiana. And uh, if you look at any of his Dave videos, he's he's fishing right up on the bank. That's right. He, he's That's got his boat parallel parked 10 feet off the bank and he's throwing them right into the rocks, snaggered them out that way. Uh, And and he's doing pretty good. You see, you see a, a Spencer over at River Certified. He's right on the banks in the, in that wood stuff during the day.
1: Ryan, that, that flathead was below the dam in Clarksville, Missouri on the Mississippi river. Um, it was slack up in where we was at next to where they locked the barges through. And there was a big, big old pile of, uh, trees and limbs and brush and stuff that had swirled back eddied into that and i throwed it up there and it was tight it was tight it was tight and then it wasn't and when i caught up with him or her i'm sure it was a her uh, she was behind the boat going out towards where the the boat's locked her she had got that far between the time i noticed it being slack and i got caught up with her because i was on a big rod and i throwed it as. Close to that brush, thinking I'd probably lose that whatever I, gear I had. But when she took off, she was not messing around.
0: They seldom do. Oh, yeah. Man, I love them fish. I'm getting all I'm getting all ready for this. Yeah. And, uh, here's, yeah. here's, a, here's another comment that tells you what a flathead guy's like right here. That's exactly Ryan that's- says you need uh, patience or a lot of cigarettes. <laughs> and and and, and I, that also comes up because I'm today is. Week two for me, not smoking. I'm pretty proud of myself. To you. Maybe you'll argue because I will make a uh, a confession here. I did have two at CatCon, but two cigarettes in two weeks for me is r- ridiculous. So, it is but awesome. I am going to smoke some cigars. So, if anybody has any cigar recommendations, the take them. Gotta them. Love Uncle, Uncle Lou says number one catfish. He's either he's got to be talking either channel cat or flathead. Either one is is number one in my heart. Yeah, honest, which is so. I like them both. I like blues too. Fun to catch. Oh, and look at Freddy, Freddy, Freddy. Freddy from Freddy's Outdoor Adventures says, Lyle, flatheads around here love, love, love chicken too. I will go back
1: to what I have always said. People that use chicken don't want to go catch bait. It's easier just to spend the money and get it. Real bait comes out of the water where the fish you're fishing for are at. Not that you can't use chicken and catch fish because people do it all the time. There is channels out there, I don't care what they say or anybody else says, they're catching fish not on chicken and saying it is. I'll bet any amount of money on that that anybody wants to put up. I, I but- feel... They do catch a lot of
0: fish on them and they do catch big fish on them. They do. I feel I, I, I have to say I do share the same opinion you do on the topic, Lyle, but I need to shut up because like I said, I have live scope. Live scope is pretty much like the chicken of catfish, of crappie <laughs> fishing. That's all I'm gonna say.
1: You don't have it yet, you ain't got all the wires running.
0: Exactly. Well almost. <laughs> but you hear what I'm saying.
1: But I am looking forward to to a lot of the people that that talk about live scope. Let's let's just touch on this for one second.
0: Thanks, Jack. Sure, thanks, Anthony, for tuning in, but have a good day at work.
1: Absolutely. They talk about this stuff, and they get to the point where they can't talk about anything else, and that's what I have against it. It's not that it's not a great piece of equipment, because it is, especially for guys in crappie tournaments where they can find fish and target the biggest mark. They're trying to win a tournament and they can target the biggest fish out of a dozen or three dozen. How many ever is down there? Mm-hmm. All they got to do is not let the other ones have the
0: bait. Yeah, exactly. Will <laughs> they <Everybody laughs> jig away from the little ones. That's right. That's so all they do.
1: I see where it's a great tool, but it's become an accession with so many people that when I, I went to a, a a channel the other night that I had swore off of because of that very thing, and I turned it on. And the first two words I heard was live scope, and I just went away again, because I know that's all they're going to talk about, and I don't want to hear about it. I put I shared an image today with the stuff from from uh, Hummingbird, with their version of that, which I I haven't. I, there's no way I'm paying that kind of money for. But that was a really amazing image, and. In my heart, I can tell that fish going into that bunch at school of
0: bait fish was a flathead. That was definitely a flathead on that down imaging when you. I, I thought it. that
1: was an amazing image, and they all can do it. A lot of the the quality of imaging has to do with the guy making the settings work for him. I believe that in my heart, but but yeah, you can catch fish on on chicken. There's no question about it, and I'm sure the big fish. But a lot of the big fish that you see brought in is not caught on chicken. I don't give a damn what anybody says. They're telling you a bunch of crap to make you think everything comes off chicken and it don't.
0: All uh, Ryan says uh, I don't even know how to get chicken <laughs> at what is it three four dollars a pound now you go to the I grocery no store. All I know is I went to we went out for some wings a couple of weeks ago and it cost me a small fortune. I go exactly right.
1: I dearly so. love wings. That's my favorite part of the chicken.
0: Brian B. Cooking, a.k.a. Brian B. Keffingen, says, hey, I'm a working man. I don't have time to catch bait. Well,
1: there you go. There, you, And I think that is why it's so popular, because a lot of people can go to the store, drop in there, and 10 minutes they're out of the store, and they don't have to spend two or three hours catching bait. I think that's a lot of it. I really do.
0: Well, you know, Susquehanna Stan, he was handling that raw chicken and happened to get some, ingest some somehow, whether it was on his hands or, or it got on his hands onto some lunch he was eating. And he was deathly sick for like a week, too. So if you do use chicken, be careful. Use gloves, folks. Well, that's, I carry fisherman's soap that you
1: buy from, I had some for years that come from David Ashby. You wash your hands in and they don't smell like like fish but my favorite go-to is lava soap. And if you're messing with, with, uh, chicken or any other undesirable type stuff with your hands, that lava soap, scope, soap, lava will, scope. Yeah. We'll, we'll get it off there. Now, I mean, that stuff is, it's pretty strong. It, it'll clean your hands. It, get most of the smell off, but it'll get that salmonella and any other thing like that off with it.
0: Just use Shad. j Dog and Art have both eaten Shad and it hasn't killed them.
1: Never going to happen.
0: Never going to happen. 922 Crappie Barbecue says, if I need a video game to catch fish, I'm going to use dynamite.
1: (laughs) That's a good idea.
0: Mm. Well, I've had you for about an hour here, bud.
1: Sure. Buck Williams says, using chicken for cats is no worse than goat minna or tide jig for crappie. I agree with that. It's just not for me. And I've used it and caught fish on it. I didn't
0: catch no 60, 70, 80-pound fish. They were small. I didn't know people had an aversion to gulp minnows because I love gulp minnows. I
1: see people using those in videos all the time and very successful. A good friend of mine sent me a couple of these. I haven't got to try them out yet. But there's a tournament coming up. There is. Josh Dunnigan has
0: on bass fishing oh you can try those also on the panfish nation championship that we're having lyle there
1: you go i'm gonna i'm gonna try them out now the first spot that i'm gonna yeah, you to know and,
0: and you know justin johnson oh. if you go over to his channel kayak catfish and look at any one of his bait fishing videos that's what he's using and that boy can fish oh he can fish he's a great fisherman He can definitely
1: fish. Brian says he don't put his hands in his mouth and taste it. And Steve Ransom says he used baby wipes. We have those in our boat.
0: There's a couple of Baby wipes, carburetor, cleaner, whatever it takes.
1: People used to laugh at me when I tell them they get chiggers. And chiggers, when they bite you, it itches forever. If you take and scratch them spots up and spray it with spray on carburetor cleaner, it's going to set you on fire. But when the fire goes out, the itch is done. Uh,
0: we do not recommend you use carburetor cleaner to be, to wash yourself, folks, just so you say. I, I don't, don't either, but it past.
1: worked for me on chiggers, and that's how I got them suckers to stop itching. And everybody says, oh, you need to go to the doctor. There's something wrong. And well, you know what? They quit itching. So there you go.
0: <laughs> Look at this. I don't think Ryan ever heard that. I've heard that before. <laughs> Ryan's still a young man, though sometimes yeah, yeah. we do silly stuff sometimes
1: If you want to keep from getting sugars you take and put yellow sulfur around the inside of your socks on your and up and down your leg and put your pants over top of it don't wear shorts they do not like sulfur they will not get on you
0: Amen that's that's a fact. All right, Lyle, let me, let me holler out my sponsors here, real. Well, not yeah, sponsors, sure. but channel supporters. I want to give a big thanks to Fish Brain. You guys are awesome over there. I look forward to doing some more work with them this spring. Um, I want to thank Amped Outdoors. I want to thank Uncle Loose Tackle, Multibar. Colton's a great guy. Uh, I also want to thank Port Barrington Marina, JT, and Jimmy. They take good care of me out there. I appreciate them. Uh, oh, so much. Without them, I wouldn't be able to be on the river as much as I am. So, uh, And we hope to get out there again real soon. Lyle, I want to say thank you very much for coming on, as always. Next week, I'm going to have Joey Jellison, also known as Chat Cats, on the show. So tune in for that. That should be a fun one. I've been watching Joey's channel for a long time. Uh, he's, he's a good dude out of Tennessee. Uh, I believe he's guiding now and stuff, so uh, it'll be a good interview, so I tune in there. Make sure you uh, watch me and Lyle on Thursday nights right after... Uh, uh, the bait shop on Fields to Water um, at 7 p.m. Central Time and then 8 p.m. Central Time on Panfish Nation. I'll be there with Lyle. I'll have an email address for you guys so you can uh, get registered for the first day of the Panfish Nation Championship. That sounds like a pretty good name, don't you think, Lyle?
1: I do. Now, um,
0: before you leave, Mark, I
1: want to ask you. You got uh, it. Do you anticipate having more than the amount of people that you can have on screen and are you going to the
0: the green wheel we're we're calling it the green wheel my green (laughs) we definitely will
1: that's going to be a lot of fun i I, i'm excited about that i think we'll have a blast and i hope that the the people that enter and and watch will enjoy it as much as
0: we're going to that's going to be so much fun that's going to be a good time yep thanks for having me man Thanks, thanks for uh, uh, coming and hanging out. I, I love doing this with you every now and then, so you guys are awesome. Everybody, have a great night. Thank you for tuning in. God bless. Oh, and before I go, um, say a prayer for uh, Melissa and Hogleg. Hogleg has some procedures today. I think I haven't heard back from him. Uh, keep them in your prayers. Also, Avid. hopefully his, his surgery went well today. Anybody else who needs thoughts and prayers, they go out to you. Um, there's a lot of people in the Catfish family that are facing some some pretty serious stuff, and we want to keep them in our thoughts and prayers. So on that note, everybody, uh, have a great night. See you next week.